In this episode of Spiritual AF Sundays, we're going to talk about the importance of loving oneself. For that, we're bringing on yoga and meditation teacher, poet, and author, Zach Beach, to help us understand the concept of self-love. We'll talk about how self-love is treating yourself the way a good friend would, and why we're sometimes bad at this. We explore the importance of other selves, like self-acceptance and self-compassion, or how emphasizing self-confidence and self-indulgence can lead to unintended consequences. To further this conversation, we also delve into the good, bad, and ugly surrounding affirmations. It's time to grab your favorite beverage, sit in your favorite chair, and get ready for this week's episode of Spiritual AF Sundays, Learning the Power of Self-Love, a discussion on acceptance, compassion, and worthiness with guest Zach Beach. You're listening to Spiritual AF Sundays, created and hosted by The Mystic Geek. If you're looking to explore intriguing questions about the meaning of life and our place in the universe, then you're in the right spot. We dive into topics often discussed as sound bites on social media and take a deeper look, whether it's woo topics like astrology and mysticism, or seemingly mundane matters like technology and politics, we cover it all. We explore our own thoughts and beliefs, talk to experts, and uncover hidden meanings. These fascinating areas of exploration can help us question ourselves and better understand our world. Ready to grow and explore in your spiritual journey? We're glad you can join us. It's time to start your week off by being spiritual AF. Welcome back, listeners. Today we have Zach Beach with us to talk about the importance of loving oneself. Zach, we're glad to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? One thing I love to talk about is love because I have devoted my entire life to bringing more love into the world. I do that on the level of the body, the heart, and the mind. So on the level of the body, I teach yoga and partner yoga and Thai massage to get people to love their bodies and get those bodies in touch with other bodies. On the level of the heart, I write poetry and do spoken word performances. And on the level of the mind, I write and lecture and coach people in their most intimate relationships, how mm-hmm. to operate in those relationships better. In general, I like to think that love is a practice. It's something we can bring into our relationships every single day. We don't have to wait for any special holiday. It is really important in relationships to have routine, special commemorative moments in your life. For me, it's never quite been Valentine's Day. I think birthdays, anniversaries, even holidays like Christmas or Thanksgiving is a wonderful time to specifically express love to your partner or Mm -hmm. to create memories to last a lifetime, like renewing your vows on New Year's or something like that. But still, don't forget, even Valentine's Day, even if your partner says, let's not worry about it, let's not do anything a nice gesture to say, hey, I remember you, I appreciate you, and here's something for you to that my love for you. Very important bits. We're going to segue from talking about love and relating with others to loving ourselves. So, Zach, how would you define self-love? I would define self-love quite simply as treating yourself the way a good friend would. It's really easy to confuse and conflate self-love with other things. One thing I encourage anyone who wants more self-love in their life is to differentiate between self-care and self-love. The main difference being self 
love has your long-term sustainable interests in mind. We're often told that self-love is actually self-care. We're told to light some candles, do a bubble bath, get a mani-pedi, all sorts of upkeep for the body. Go exercise, go do these things. And that might be helpful in the moment, but it tends to be a form of escapism or almost Mm -hmm. temporary pleasure. Self-love really involves that good friend who knows what's best for you, knows what's best for you in the long run, and does those things that nourish and support you in everything that you're doing in your life. So you mentioned that self-love can be conflated with other things. What other type of things (laughs) can it be mixed up with? Another thing that self-love can be confused with is Mm self-indulgence, which is almost self-care taken to an extreme. So the difference between self-love and self-indulgence, I sometimes say, is like having a cupcake for dinner or a cupcake after dinner. Self-indulgence is having a cupcake for dinner. Again, not having your long-term sustainable interests in mind. But self-love is having a cupcake after dinner. And what I mean by that is self-love is compassionate and empathetic. Mm-hmm. And it recognizes that you're a human being. We all have emotional needs. We all make mistakes in our lives. And it's important to recognize when we're depleted and think that we deserve a reward. And it's important to maintain our long term interest in mind. So continue to eat a nourishing, healthy dinner with plenty of fresh fruits and vegetables. But recognize after a long day, you deserve a break. You deserve pleasure. You deserve happiness. You deserve enjoyment. Really, it's still maintaining your most fundamental needs as a human being. You use the analogy of self-love as like having the cupcake after dinner, which I adore (laughs) that image. What else can self-love look like? Self-love can look like a lot of things. It could look like taking a few breaths, putting one hand on your heart, and telling yourself that it will be okay. Believe it or not, the things that we do for other people in our lives to make them feel better, like rub their back and tell them it's going to be okay, Mm -hmm. we can do those things for ourselves too. Self-acceptance and self-compassion are important components of self-love. Recognizing that there's nothing wrong about you. We can stop shooting on ourselves, as you might have heard, telling us we should be a certain way or should respond to a certain way in situations in our life. It's accepting of all that we are, which is another important distinction to be made about self-love and something like self-esteem. Because self-esteem is generally thinking of yourself as a good person. And it can be helpful in a lot of cases. But with self-esteem, it's easy to get knocked off our pedestal right? (laughs) We we want to think of ourselves as generally positive and then maybe we respond in a certain way or we get a bad report from a coworker about our performance and then suddenly we feel really bad. Self-love recognizes that we're imperfect human beings. We're going to make mistakes and that's okay. And we're still just as deserving of happiness and love and belonging as anyone else, no matter what gets left undone by the end of the day, no matter how messy the house is or whatever is a mess in our lives, we still deserve love, connection, happiness, and belonging. You brought up a couple of times already the whole idea of self-love as taking care of yourself as you would take care of a dear friend. Mm -hmm. Why do you think some people don't do that? Why do you think people will treat their friends better than they treat themselves. Mm. 
Probably because it's a lot easier. <laughs> Same with taking care of your pets. People will go through all sorts of stuff to take care of their pets. But then when it comes to taking care of themselves, it's like they don't put that type of attentiveness. I'm just really curious as why people do that. I'll say it's easier in the short run, but not as easy in the long run. It's easy to look at somebody in our life and we don't have as much of a vested interest in this overall person's well-being because we're still numero uno in our own lives. So we can do general actions to support and love this person. Oh, my, my partner is feeling sad. Let me cook them some dinner. In general, it's easy to extend love to other people because it's just a natural outgoing expression of our love. And it doesn't as much turn the attention on ourselves, which is really one of the hardest things we can do. I teach a lot of meditation and just getting somebody to spend five minutes listening to their breath, <laughs> watching their thoughts. They're like, I'm pretty sure I have to check my email by now. Can we do this later? Like just that U-turn back to ourselves is really challenging. <laughs> I say that because I'm not a big fan of that cliche that you can't love others until you love yourself. Lots of people really easily, openly express their love for other people. And at the end of the day, they're really depleted because they've been giving love to others, but not themselves. However, in the long run, self-love will make your relationships better, will make your relationships a little bit more high quality. People who do have a high level of self-love are more often able to request their wants and needs in the relationship, right? If I'm not treating myself very well and you don't treat me very well, I'm like, that's just the way things are. But if I recognize I deserve love and belonging and deserve to be in a relationship with love and belonging, I'm much more likely to express my wants, to put up healthy life-serving boundaries in my relationship, to tell my partner how they're meeting my needs or aren't meeting my needs, and general things like this. So in the long run, self-love will serve your relationships, which again is one way to trick people into loving themselves because <laughs> we're so, we so much want to love others. It's like a good way to love your partner, love yourself. That's important. You talked also about self-esteem as well as part of it. And it's more like how self-esteem can support self-love, but it can also be a trap in that we focus so much on being good that the mistakes can cause issues. Are there other ways that a focus on self-esteem can go into, I don't want to say negative, but I would say I'd rather say a more a problem type of spiral? Yeah. I don't know your relationship with affirmations. Affirmations are interesting on that. I'm fascinated by what I consider to be the anti-affirmation movement, which seems to take an affirmation and then decides they want to add a whole bunch of disclaimers at the end. Or to say, this affirmation is bunk because of A, B, C, X, Y, Z reasons that it does not apply to everyone. But because it does not apply to everyone, it is forbidden on the internet or something like that. I see people both love them as well as criticize them. What about you? No, you absolutely nailed it on the head because you'll find they work for some people and don't work for other people. And in general, it's because if you think of yourself as beautiful, you see an affirmation that says you're beautiful, you think, awesome. If you don't think of yourself as beautiful, and then you see an affirmation that says you're beautiful. You'd be like, oh man, should I be feeling beautiful? Something must be wrong with me. 
I can't live up to this affirmation that I'm mm-hmm. supposed to just say and automatically feel better. So in general, mm-hmm. affirmation makes good people feel better and people that feel bad about themselves feel worse because it sets up a standard that they then measure themselves to. They're shooting themselves. They don't mm-hmm. quite make it there. So this is where self-compassion and self-love is more appropriate because it recognizes, again, the imperfections that we all have, the mistakes that we all make. Sometimes we feel beautiful and gorgeous and we look in the mirror and we're like, you look amazing. Other times we don't. And during those times we're not feeling as good, that's when we can be compassionate to ourselves that this is normal, we're human and we have emotions. And just another example of another case where something like self-esteem might backfire is the studies show that those who have more self-love and have more self-compassion are more likely to take risks, are more likely to explore new things, to try new things, to apply for a job even if they know they're not going to get it. Because they know that if they don't get it or if they make a mistake along the way or things don't work out as they planned, it's going to be okay. Meanwhile, if you think of yourself continuously as a person who always gets things done and always does the things they put their mind to, and then you don't, you end up feeling really bad, right? Again, you kind of end up getting knocked off your pedestal. So in general, it's okay (laughs) (laughs) to make mistakes, to be imperfect, to have your personality quirks, and you still deserve love and happiness this whole fear of doing something wrong and how that's tied to our sense of self. Where do you think that comes from? There is the old cliche that you walk into your therapist's office and you could even say, oh yeah, my arm hurts today. And they're like, ah, yes, I see. Tell me about your mother. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I know where you're going with this. (laughs) Yeah, believe it or not, a lot of the current challenges that we might experience as adults are deep ingrained patterns that happened early on, sometimes even before we were able to verbalize things ourselves. When I say conditioning or unconscious patterning, a lot of it could be done by our primary caregivers, you know, the mothers, the fathers, the aunties, the uncles, but it could also be done by our culture and our society, right? Studies show that young girls that are more exposed to images in the media of how bodies are supposed to look like Mm -hmm. end up being more critical of their own bodies, right? What's more important than what happened to us is not only how we responded, but how the people in our lives responded. If we did make a mistake, did somebody respond to us with love and compassion and tell us that it's going to be okay, or it's not a big deal? Or did somebody respond to us with judgment and criticism mm-hmm. and you're a terrible dancer, I never want to see you dancing again. And then it's like, okay, well, I'll just bottle this up and I can talk to my therapist about it in 20 years. <laughs> Yeah. Therapist, coach, best friend, bartender, all those things. Like we, we all hear about it sooner or later when it gets unpacked. Yeah. And that's the thing. Intimate relationships will bring up your stuff. And it's for a reason. It's so that you can heal your wounds and grow from them. And that's why hopefully in an intimate relationship, you have two partners who recognize their own imperfections and are seeking to help each other become the best version of themselves. And then you can work through your stuff together. With all of that, what are some steps that someone could start taking today to start working on 
boosting up their self-esteem in a good manner in order to be able to boost up and work on their self-love. I think pausing and breathing is a wonderful step. (laughs) (laughs) And also that inquiry, right? What do I need right now? I think whenever we experience emotions we label as negative, like sadness or anger or exhaustion, it's easy to judge ourselves, to think that we shouldn't be experiencing it. But we say that what we resist persists, Mm -hmm. and what we can feel, we can heal. We don't realize that a lot of the emotions that we experience as negative are actually teachers. We can invite them in for tea, as we say, and see what they have to teach us. One of the biggest lessons I found from such a practice as nonviolent communication, which is awesome in relationships, but you can also apply it to yourself, is to look underneath any feeling that you have and see if you can find the need. We say that if there is a need of yours that is being met, it results in a positive emotion. If there is a need that is not being met, then it results in a negative emotion. We can tune into the universal human need that we might be experiencing with any negative emotion. Oh, wow, feeling sad right now. Let me put a hand in my heart. Let me take a few deep breaths. What do I need right now? Mm-hmm. What can I offer myself in this moment? Sometimes it's a walk in nature. Sometimes it's a glass of water or a warm shower. And sometimes it's talking to a friend. Sometimes it's reading a book. Great pieces of advice there. As we start to wrap up, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners today? I do have this book called The Seven Lessons of Love. And one of the lessons is on self-love. Part of the lesson is that extending love to ourselves is often the most challenging task, as we've already talked about. I talk about a simple eight-step process that we can bring into our lives to bring in more self-love. Many of those steps we've already talked about. We have acceptance. We have compassion. Believe it or not, boundaries is also a step because when you love yourself and you recognize that you deserve to be treated with honesty and respect and care, you'll naturally have life-serving, love-serving boundaries that you don't want to be crossed. The final step, for example, is spiritual practice, Mm -hmm. which many people listening probably are already doing in some way, shape, or form. Others have certain resistance to. Anything that you can do once a day, once a week, once a year, to tune in to the loving nature of your own heart can be really helpful. Another step that I'll just close up with is worthiness. Recognizing that you are worthy of love. In fact, you are worthy of all the love that your heart can handle. I encourage anyone not to come up with an affirmation that says, you are beautiful and perfect just the way you are, but to come up with a worthiness mantra, which can be really simple one to two sentences. And rather than a blanket positive affirmation, your worthiness mantra is compassionate and understanding. So it says something like, hey, I know sometimes life is hard and sometimes we make mistakes. But even so, you deserve love and happiness. And you are worthy of love and happiness. No matter what gets left undone at the end of the day, no matter what, you are a divine being of love, light, and dancing pattern of color and energy. Whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) That's getting deep there. (laughs) 
<laughs> you can make it as flowery <laughs> as you want or just as grounded as you want. Yeah. But it recognizes that we're perfectly imperfect. Perfectly imperfect. Very important statement and very important to recognize <laughs> on that one. So how can people find you online? I'm super easy to find. My name is Zach Beach. So you can go to ZachBeach.com or type in Zach Beach Love on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. That was a fun and enlightening conversation. And now I'm needing to remind myself that self-love is giving myself a cupcake and making sure that I'm eating more than just the cupcake. I'm glad to have the opportunity to share that discussion with you. There's a lot of talk about self-care and self-love, and it's important to recognize that they're not the same thing. Remember, self-love is about treating yourself the way you treat a close friend would treat you, or how you'd treat that close friend. It's about acceptance and compassion, even when we might not think ourselves as worthy because we messed up. It's reminding ourselves that in those times, things will be okay. Let's pivot to the next two episodes. So on June 4th, a week from today, we're going to talk about exploring spirituality and morality in video games. And for that, we're going to bring on Jay Rooney, who writes for Game and Word, to talk a little bit more about his experience when it comes to the gaming industry and these types of stories and games. Then the following week, on June 11th, we're going to bring on Don Cady. This is going to be a little bit of a different type of episode on it. We're going to be talking about channeled spiritual messages. And the way we're going to do that is Dawn has a channeled message that she wants to share with all of us. And I had the privilege of recording that live with her when she felt called to do so. So looking forward to sharing that with you. This is going to wrap up this week's episode of Spiritual AF Sundays. Take some time to put your hand over your heart. Take a few deep breaths and remind yourself that no matter whatever is going on in your life, things are going to be okay. You deserve kindness, compassion, acceptance, and forgiveness, all of which you can give to yourself. Have a spiritual AF week. Thank you for joining us for Spiritual AF Sundays. This show is hosted by the Mystic Geek, that's me. Got comments or questions from today's episode? You can either email me at jess at themysticgeek.com or send me a voice message at speakpipe.com slash themysticgeek. Don't worry, I'll put the link in the show notes. Help others start off their week with a spiritual AF Sunday by sharing this episode with them. Also, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts help spiritual seekers find our show. So do the thing.